I'm Commander Shepard, and this is Casually Hardcore, my favorite podcast on the internet. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Sunday, February 24th. This is a very special edition of Casually Hardcore. We're going to learn and laugh. I'm your host, Grail. (laughs) (laughs) And this is Daxa. That's it. (laughs) We're trying something very new for Casually Hardcore, which is running the show, A, from a different location than Gnome's house, B, without Gnome even in the same state, and C, with just the two of us. Andy without background music. And without background music. But that's going to kick in a little bit because he changed around the intro on me. So, of course, not only did he want it to have this all done really new, but he also wanted to change the intro so that it uh, doesn't sound exactly the same. So we'd be even more mixed up. Yeah. But if it's actually, you know, streaming out and going out live, I consider that a win. (laughs) So our background music should kick in here. Actually, I think I can just get it going there we go so we're here yeah what's been going on <laughs> i haven't seen you lately <laughs> the whole three minutes i went yep. upstairs uh, okay so oh the game we played last night that was really neat yes <laughs> i'm just making sure that people have said that like, yay we can hear people <laughs> Yeah, so we decided to play with our friends from who were in Florida. Yeah. Um, we played over Skype, and we played the new Star Wars uh, role-playing game. Yeah, the beginner set, Edge of the Empire. Which actually was really neat. I mean, it took a little bit to um, figure out the... Why, what is going on with my voice? <laughs> I don't know. What's going on with your voice? I don't know. It's right. voice stacks up. Um, but it took a little bit to figure out the dice, because the dice are really weird the way you roll. Um, basically it's kind of like vampire where you have successes and you have botches that take away both your successes versus your botches. Um, but there's some other things that we've got triumphs, which do something different. Um, we have all kinds of different things. So the rolling took a little bit to get used to, but for somebody who wants to start out, if you've never role played before and you like the star Wars universe and you want to attempt it it's a really easy game to run because it pretty much talks you through the whole thing you don't really have to think too much about it plus your characters are pre-made so you just hand out the characters to people and then you can go ahead and just play your first role play game it's a really easy one where there's not a lot of thinking and not a lot of uh yeah i mean it's the equivalent to the D D red box set that was kind of reintroduced when they went to fourth edition and basically gives players a an introduction point into the new revamp uh that fantasy flight games is doing for star wars uh previously the star wars games was on like the d20 system so it was very D based uh the character creation the the way combat work was very much uh 
entrenched in that system. Uh, with this new version, though, they've really recreated it from the ground up. Like you meant, it's really it's set in the period of the four, five, and six movies. Uh, with the, basically the Empire is going around kicking butt, Jedi's are near extinction, and you're really playing characters that are living on the fringe of the uh, colonized space. I, I.e., why it's called Edge of the Empire. Uh, so yeah, you start off with four pre-made characters that are thrust into a almost Pulp Fiction-y type scenario where they're on the run from the local gang lord, and each of them has a reason why uh, this hut is after them, and they even build into it that your characters know pretty much each other, or at least two of the three other people you're working with, you're, each character's aware of those folks. So it makes it an easy jumping-off point. You don't have to do the wand of plot device and say, you know, oh, you guys all meet in the bar. You do start in a bar, but at least you all know each other, and you're immediately thrown into to action and it does a really good job of introducing the mechanics which are definitely different from some of the things i've seen uh the biggest one being like you mentioned not only do successes and failures cancel each other out but they have this system of advantage and threat so that even if you fail a role you could still be given an advantageous position an advantage could still come out of that and uh, vice versa if you fail or if you succeed at a role you could still incur threat which means that something went wrong or wasn't quite as good of a success as uh, you were expecting which was from a, running the game as the GM it was really interesting to be able to kind of mix those two to say like one of our first situations uh, our droid decided to throw a concussion grenade into this group of Gamorians which are the big pig guys uh, that had come into the bar looking for him he throws a concussion grenade and he completely fails it but he gets an advantage so worked it out that the grenade when he threw it didn't go off it was a dud but he managed to brain the guy uh, at least one of the guards with it and he was stunned for uh you know around affecting him that way so it did a good job of giving me things to work with uh and then eventually once you get to a point where you've earned experience you get to create this thing called the destiny pool mm -hmm. and where that works is every player rolls this force die and you put tokens in the pool and the tokens have a dark side and a light side and what it allows you to do is the players can anytime they want dip into the pool and flip some of the light side tokens over to the dark side and it enhances their roles as the gm running the game anytime i want to enhance the bad guys roles i can flip the dark side ones over to the light side so it added almost a strategic component to the game where you could think, well, this is a tough fight. I'm going to, you know, flip all, let's, let's you burn all of our light side points we basically have and flip them to dark. But knowing that in the future as the GM, I can now, you know, kind of, I can bone you basically yeah. <laughs> and just cause you a world of hurt. Or I could just be a jerk and not flip them over at all and basically cut you off from, from that. From any points at from all. From those any points. So it's, it's an interesting mechanic that they put in the game. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I actually think it's easier to play than the red box. I think w oh, yeah. with the um, with the way you have to move in D and D and the way you things happen, I think it that this new game was a lot easier. So if you ever wanted to attempt, you know, to begin role playing, I think this is a really good start. Um, especially, like I said, if you like the Star Wars universe, because you get to play. Well, okay, nobody wants to pay, play the droid, but actually, our friend played the droid pretty pretty well. Um, you get to play a pilot, a droid, a bounty hunter, and then um, a Wookiee is the other one. Right. So it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. It was, 
it was quite fun. And you could get through the entire adventure in one night. It took us, what, about three hours to get through the adventure? Yeah, I mean, it, and it depends. They, they really give you a choice in uh, about the midpoint of the adventure. Once you've created that destiny pool, they kind of say, all right, at this point, your players can really go off and try to finish their escape from this uh, uh, ship port on Tatooine, or they can explore the town more. So there's a lot of stuff that could have happened in the town but, but because we have this crazy people who decide yeah. to shoot first and talk <laughs> later, there was no way that we could explore the town without, you know, getting shot at first. Yeah, <laughs> so. which is pretty funny considering, like, in all the encounters we had, and there was a number of encounters, really only two of them did you have to fight. Like, everything else had a way of getting through it with just skill checks, but not with this group. Not with our group, This yeah. crew was all about... <laughs> Let's drop some bombs. <laughs> true, so true. Oh, look, look who finally deemed us worthy to join us. In oh, the, really? Yeah. Wow. I don't think we should even bother playing his uh, sting here. Uh, I Can don't you even find know it? where his sting <laughs> is. Let me see it. Okay. So uh, apparently there was some oversleeping involved over gotcha. here. Gotcha. Mm. I guess I should also say, you know, we are in the... Tangents are kind of a big deal. That's good to know. Yeah. We're there. Absolutely good to know. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of what's been going on. That was a really good game last night. We yeah. also, um, Grella and I, got into that oh, uh, four pictures, one word on the uh, app. What kind? Is it a Facebook app? I don't even know. You downloaded it. Uh, it came, no, it's, uh, it's an iOS app. I got it from both, uh, I got it both on the iPad and the iPhone. It's, you know, it reminds me kind of draw this, except you need no artistic skill and you don't play against other people. It's, but it's the same kind of mechanic where they give you a bunch of letters and you have to form a word. The word you have to form though is based on the four pictures they're showing you and some sort of commonality between the four. And it's a nice, like, you know sit you know going to sleep type game and just have that you know in bed and kind of flip it open and try a few words and then go okay i'm really frustrated i have no idea what this is and then put it down and then you come back to you and go oh it's obviously seasons yeah i mean that type of stuff so that it was cute um in answer to the uh question in irc uh from aid the the game comes with one pre-made adventure, and then Fantasy Flight Games has put a second pre-made adventure online, which is a continuation, so you can use those same characters. You also get a, a, a mini version of the rule book with it, so you could actually continue on and make your own adventures from it. Now, the actual Star Wars role-playing game is due out this spring. From what I've seen rumored, it's a March-April time frame release. And that's going to be one of the massive like main rule books. I think it's like 459 pages. Yeah, it's so, pretty hefty. Yeah, so that's going to expand the rules and actually be like, you know, here's the real deal rules. Uh, but I still think most of the core mechanics from the beginner game carries over. And it's, you know, I think it was like $30 for the beginner game off of Amazon, which if you're buying from Amazon, <laughs> use the website. That's right. You're going to buy anyway. Start from our website. So, um, but so I'm assuming that once the core rulebook gets out, it'll give you an easier time breaking away from the pre-made storyline. Yeah. But I mean, really, if you've role played before, I think, you know, you're probably creative enough to go ahead and break away with your own stories, too. It's got some of the mechanics. 
clinics. Yeah, I, I think the main thing is it's going to probably give a lot more information for folks whose exposure to Star Wars might just be like four, five, and six, or yeah. the, the movies, and really break into the expanded universe uh, to give you a lot more ideas of where to go outside of Tatooine, Endor, and Coruscant. <laughs> so, exactly. you know, they might actually give you some more worlds or some more uh, things to do other also other than just fighting against the Empire. Um, obviously, the huts are a big uh, force in the universe, but there's a lot of other things that you can uh, pick up on. And, Illegal uh, gangs. I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot yeah, of things. Spice you can trading. Spice trading, slavery, which is crazy. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a rough universe. <laughs> it is a rough universe. <laughs> so. Yeah, we've played through that. Um, let's see, what else have we been up to? Well, we went last weekend. We saw our friends at a band play up in Prescott, Arizona. Prescott. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we went up there for our anniversary, and our friends were playing. You guys have heard some of their songs on the show. Um, the Pubes, they played up at uh, Prescott. Uh, what was it? The Drunken Lass, I think yeah. was the name of the bar. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Um, so we went up there, and they... Uh, had a couple of new songs, right. which was great. Why are you looking at me like that? Because <laughs> I, I thought you were going to go into what you had to drink up there. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, it was our anniversary, and we had this really great little hotel that was like two blocks away from the bar, and it was an old hotel where you actually had to have someone run the elevator for you because it wasn't a modern elevator. So we had a, a lot of fun, and why not? You know, it was I hadn't drank in a while, so... I asked the bartender if she had a specialty shot when we were there, and she said she didn't. She said, oh, but we just got this new tequila. It's cinnamon-flavored tequila. And I was like, well, not a big tequila fan, but I always hate to say no to what the bartenders recommend. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll try one shot. It's not that big a deal. So um, she gave me a shot, and I think it's called Dirty, right? Yeah, it that was, was Dirty name. Tequila. It's called Dirty, um, and basically it's cinnamon tequila. That does not at all taste like tequila. So I, I had a grill taste some, and the first words were like, oh, that could be dangerous. Needs to say he was foreshadowing the rest of my evening. <laughs> yep. I drank that stuff all night long. They actually had to open a new bottle for me because um, I was the only one drinking it. And it was – I highly recommend you guys try it. Even if you like don't like tequila, it doesn't taste at all like tequila, and it is very, very yummy and potent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Very potent. Yeah, it was it was surprising. It almost to me had more in common with like a cinnamon dolce f- latte from like Starbucks in terms of just how smooth it was and just that light cinnamony taste. It wasn't like drinking Goldschlager no. or, or something like that where it's just like, oh my god, they figured out a way to liquefy a big red pack and put it in my mouth, and this is horrible. Uh, so yeah, it was it was potent potables right there. It was definitely it was good. Yeah. So yeah, that was. That was an interesting, uh, interesting way to spend the anniversary. Only because after a while, you know, the the more you drank, the better <clears throat> bands sounded. There were several other <laughs> bands, <laughs> and the girls are amazing. I'm not. I mean, they are really put together, and uh, they sound fabulous. But you know, not all bands sound as good as they do. So there was uh, definitely some. Liquid, I don't know, what would you call that? <laughs> uh, li- lubrication yeah. of your ear balls? <laughs> I guess. Yeah. And, and some of them, I think, didn't really have the knowledge of their equipment because at one point, one of the girls had to go and help them yeah. with their mic, and then yeah. they did sound a little bit better. Right. Um, so, 
But that was a lot of fun. Yep. So highly recommend it, especially if you're in Arizona for like a two-day drive from Phoenix. It's, it's a really great place to go visit. Yeah, it was interesting. Nice little town. Never had been up there. Great food. And oh, my God. If you are a sweet fanatic, there are sweets everywhere. Everywhere. There was an ice. There must have been more ice cream and yogurt type stores per capita there. Than Popcorn, chocolate. Yeah. Homemade fudge. Everywhere had homemade ice cream, though. That yeah. was like, but it was like every three storefronts. You know, you go three. There's another homemade ice cream store, and it was good. It was tasty. They even had a nano brewery up there, which I hadn't seen before. Yeah, that was, was kind of cute. Just a pretty basic storefront with just some gigantic brewing tubs, and they had whatever their five or six brews that they decided to make. That's what they had on tap, and that was it. They didn't have anything else to drink other than these five or six brews, and it was like a lot of plush couches and stuff just to kind of yeah. sit and chill at. So it was good. I liked it. So we need to talk about our call-in topic today. Yes. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of a split call-in topic. First one, and both of them are pretty obvious. Number one, we're going to get into this in the next segment, but it's obviously the PlayStation 4 announcement and all the goodies that have been promised and whether or not this is enough to make you run out and pre-order one if you're in a sit-and-wait mode or if you're like, PlayStation sucks and I'm never buying one, so... Suck it. <laughs> the other thing you can also chime in on, which I'm sure our IRC host will love to chime in on, is the uh, Oscar Oscars. predictions. Since Oscars. Those are tonight. Oscar. <laughs> Oscar the Grouch. So, yeah. And what's going on with those. Uh, and what your predictions are. Yeah. I'd like to hear them because this is one year where I really haven't seen most of the nominees. I know. It's really sad. We've been really slacked off. And they had a good deal today, even on Amazon, where you could uh, digital download. They put on sale like all the Oscar-nominated films, oh. like or at least a ton of them that had, you know, throughout the years been nominated. You could uh, get on the cheap Via their download service, which would be good. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think out of the nominees this year, I mean, we saw Les Mis, uh-huh. which I don't think should get like a picture of the year or anything. I mean, it was okay. I just, yeah. It was all I right. agree. Yeah, it was all right. So. We saw Life of Pi, too. We did see Life of Pi, and that was good. I enjoyed it. That's pretty much it. I think that's, that's the only ones it. we saw. I mean, we wanted to see Lincoln. Yep. I wanted to see, uh, see Zero Dark Thirty. Because uh, I was always interested in that. Oh, and I wanted to see the Argo one, too. Yeah. That was the other one. Argo would be a good one to see as well. But, yeah, that's about it. Oh, you left IRC. What the hell? Who did? <laughs> it said you did. Me? Yep. No wonder I'm not scrolling. That's right. <sighs> I did not on purpose. I yeah, that's a feature, I think, of this computer, unfortunately, is that it... Uh, Likes to every so often just stop responding. <laughs> That's great. And we still don't have background music just to let you Yeah, I know. That's weird. Oh, well. I don't like it because then silences are even worse without background Aww. music. <laughs> fix it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll fix it, as they say, in, in post. post. Yeah, but drop-ins are showing up. So, hey, what more could you really ask for? Other than background music. Other than background music. <laughs> I was going to say background music. Yeah. <laughs> So I have to check, make sure I didn't drop from IRC as well. Oh, what else has gone on? So getting a little bit more into the gaming world of things, we saw the release of uh, MechWarrior had a big online patch for MechWarrior Online. They put out a, their follow-up patch uh, from the earlier in the month. They did their initial patch, which fixed a lot of the heat issues they were having on several of the weapons. 
changed uh, some of the matchmaking or at least put in the uh, pre-stuff for that. And so then on the 19th, they released the second part with of that, which released the tree bucket mech. The tree bucket, that's right. Or as they say in not USA, the trebuchet. Yeah. But... <laughs> The problem with the tree bucket mech is the tree bucket mech looks a lot like the Centurion mech. It's like a mini version of the Centurion. And the problem with the tree bucket, because it looks like the Centurion, the Centurion is the type of mech that folks that kind of drool and like to run into walls drive. And so since that's the mech that it's modeled after, it's just a mini version of a mech that people who drool and run into walls would drive. And so this little guy... Surprisingly kind of annoying to shoot, but still not much of a threat. And they then decided to, in addition to giving us this little little teeny guy mech, they also gave us the biggest map ever in terms of Alpine Peaks, which is really meant for 12 players, but they haven't put that mode in yet. So it's 8 on 8 on a map the size of Texas. And you spend so much of that map just wandering around looking for somebody. And when you see them, there's specs off in the distance. And God help you if you only have short-range weapons. And you have no way of knowing whether or not this map's going to come up in the rotation. So you really have no means of preparing for it. So it's a really interesting uh, design challenge at the moment right now where you have you have to almost play a balanced mech or just accept the fact that every so often you're going to get boned by, get, by getting this map. So mm. that's kind of where the the, the uh, state of the game is. They've also changed uh, PPCs to now affect ECM, where that actually disrupts it for five seconds, which is good. It's another step in the right direction of bringing ECM back into balance. Uh, the game itself is still a lot of fun to play. I think they are definitely keeping our interest by doing things like this weekend. They made it a big increase in terms of the amount of money you were earning. They've given away things like free, uh, a uh, free day of premium time, so you could just log in and you get like double the money for that. So I made crazy cash, but at the same time, you know, I'm kind of still waiting for that. Like, let's let's move the game forward. Let's add a new game mode because the conquest and assault modes are basically the exact same thing. Conquest, you do have to go around and capture points, but in the end, nine times out of ten, you're just rumbling with the other team and eventually killing them. So I would like to see them bring that gameplay a little farther along. So it's still pretty much the same, just with the new map and new mech. New map, new mech, little bits of, of gameplay. The, actually, my favorite thing they did is they actually revamped their mech lab to incorporate. They used to have different parts of upgrading your mech on different screens, and you couldn't go between the screens without undoing your changes. And so that was really nice for them to incorporate all the internal structure changes, the heat sinks and all that into one window and now you can actually look at things and say okay if i put in this different type of internal structure this is how many spots it's going to take this is how much my weight will go down the, you know whether or not i want to do that and you can then incorporate that with weapon changes and stuff like that so it makes it a lot easier from if you ever work in the lab you go oh, okay that makes so much more sense uh yeah, that's why Ever. I don't play that game. It's too much math. <laughs> no, it's not math. It's eh, it's a little bit of math, but it's, it's not math. much math. It's math. very little <laughs> Teeny bit of math. Yeah. <laughs> so had that. I'm still playing Chivalry a lot, which, you know, is just, I love that game. I just, I love stabbing people and taking heads. And now I've actually bound my mouse button 
because I have the Mega uh, Naga mouse that has like the twelve ten thousand. Yeah, so now I can easily like thumb this button and it triggers my uh, shout. No, I have the shout still is over on the other side, but now I have it trigger my like menu of different sayings I can do. Uh-huh. So I can actually just double tap it, and my guy laughs. So nice. now every time I kill somebody, I laugh at them. That's awesome. <laughs> or or I say sorry. One of the two. Sorry, you say sorry. <laughs> yeah. <I> go sorry. <laughs> 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 Which is just, I don't know, it's, it's great. Can you kill your own people? Oh, is that yeah. friendly fire? Yeah. yeah. That's why if you hit your own person, yeah, I go sorry as well. Uh, but, you or know. you laugh. Or, or I laugh. <laughs> or I tell them, you know, stand, stand with the light brother. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm playing the, the right class combination. Uh, so that's been good. But I'm actually looking, figuring out, trying to figure out if, uh, what game I should really start working on. I'm leaning towards, I think I'm actually going to start The Witcher 2. Which hmm. I've had now for a year, and I haven't played. played it. yeah. <laughs> it's sitting on my massive Steam list, which just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Because one of the other big things that actually did happen this week was the in, the indie uh, bundle came out, which I will look up in on the break and actually post in the chat if our IRC rep doesn't get to it first. But it was the Colossal Bundle. Uh, it came out. It was pretty good. It was like six bucks, and you got a ton of games. And just to th- this morning, I woke up and found out that they added the King Arthur collection to it, which is a series of role-playing, turn-based strategy games that it's just like, here you go. Here's another game to go along with it. So, that, And a lot of these unlock on Steam, so they just make my Steam list look really giant. Uh, one of the other games that was interesting in there was a game called Uplink, which is a real simple game. It's actually reminiscent of stuff I would have played in the early 90s, but it's all about hacking into other computers. Oh, cool. And so, and it uses a lot of things like you have to, it's kind of like the old days of the bulletin boards. So you have to like connect to different nodes and then you like route your call through a bunch of different nodes. So you're, it's harder to track you. Like the old school Shadowrun game. Yeah. And then you go in and you take, it's like you're not fighting against ice. You're usually just working against a clock, but you're uh. using different tools to break into the system and then extract a file or delete a file or do whatever you want to do and cover your tracks as you're going along. So that's interesting, but it came with a ton of, I, I, like I said, that that was the only game so far, I think out of that bundle I've played there, but there's some other ones. There's a game called 7.62, which is a supposedly a lot like Jagged Alliance two, which is a turn-based kind of XCOM shooter, except set with modern weapons. And, you know, you're just, fighting against guerrilla forces or whatever. So it's, there's no alien involvement here. But it's looked pretty good, decent. I mean, again, six bucks. It was like 15 games or something. I don't know. It was ridiculous how many. You even got like Galactic uh, Civilization, the first game, uh, the whole pack for that, which is a really good 4X uh, space game. So, yeah, it was, it was worth it. Nice. I felt pretty good about it. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I was quite pleased. Not that you don't already have enough games to play. But... No, not at all. Yeah, like I said, I'm working on a game now that's uh... been sitting there for two years. Yeah, for two years. So <clears throat> not so good. Nice. So <sighs> that actually brings us quite nicely to our. Break. Yeah, it does. So we'll see if these guys fire up, and we can at least hear that. Uh, we got uh, actually the band we went and saw play the Pubes. You yeah. have them on there. Yeah. Okay! Oh, cool. Yay! I had to realize, I had to realize, like, wait a second, they use naughty words though in some of their songs. They do. So I don't think. It, which one are you putting on? Golden the kitty. I don't. Think, that, that, I nah, don't think that. I think it's fine. So this is the pubes. Golden the kitty. We'll be back in a little bit. Hey, Scott Johnson here from Frog Pants at FrogPants.com, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. 
in a gaming world. Welcome back to Casually Hardcore. It killed the background music again for it did us. Kill the background music. <laughs> That's funny. And just to let you guys know that the one that Barry linked is the wrong one, my friend. There Uh-oh. are two bands called The Pubes. One is yep. uh, a male band, yep. and that is not the one we're looking for. Um, so that MySpace, that's why I was like, MySpace, holy cow, is that still out there? Yeah. <laughs> oh. But, um, yeah, it's dot com is right. what it is. You can also find them on iTunes. The uh, album that they have out there is called Pretty Fresh. Yes. So you can find uh, all the tracks we'll be playing from them today, which should be another two. We even had a request, so that's good. <laughs> uh, we will fit that in after one of the breaks here. Absolutely. But we are in our gaming segment now. Yes. So. PS4. Big news is, of course, the uh, PS4 announcement and what all they decided to uh, promise this time uh, going around. It's funny. I was looking, I think, on Wired.com, and they actually had a link on there. I didn't put it in our show sheet, but it was everything they promised for the PS3 and what they actually didn't deliver on. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Oh, that's not so good. So. Uh, let's see. So basically, what we know so far, we know the PS4 is targeted for this uh, upcoming holiday season in 2013. We have seen the uh, controller, which gives us a feature called the share button, which allows access to social networks. However, it actually goes a little bit farther than that. One of the more interesting things that I wanted to kind of dive into first was this whole inner connectivity that they're really trying to build in this time to the ps4 from the ground up i mean one of the biggest things just i mean it sounds so minor especially since we're such a i would say xbox household yeah like the ps3 didn't come with a headset i know so the ps4 actually does with this headset, time. which is really it's definitely a step up yeah for yeah. sure i mean you need if you want to build a, a really robust online community you need people to be able to communicate with one another from the get-go, no extra, no extra charge exactly uh, coming along. Now, obviously, you know I think, and, and if anything, it still will help uh, the third-party market because if people get used to talking on the Chinzy headset you get with the game, then most likely they'll go out and say, you know, I want a Turtle Beach or exactly. I want one of the other uh, big-name third-party manufacturers to, uh, you know, I want hear solid the one. dulcet tones coming through. Of all those people calling me names. <laughs> exactly. I want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear when they say, yeah. sorry, after killing yeah. me. That's <laughs> really, really awesome. Or, yeah. <laughs> That's not usually what they say. I know it's not usually what they say. Oh, <laughs> uh, you want me to do what with my what? What? Got it. <laughs> that sounds impossible. <laughs> But no, one of the other big things they were they were talking about was the fact that they were going to allow you to do things like stream, like record your game, your gameplay, and uh, post right. it right, you know, seamlessly. Uh, they also wanted to even allow you to have somebody come in; they could view your game while you're, while you're playing, and you could even pass control over to them so they could help you through a tough spot. Or, you know, whatever, for whatever reasons you want to do. Help you cheat. It's not cheat if it somebody else cheat. helps you with it. No, it's not. Yeah. You're you help, a big cheater of then. Of course, you help me cheat all the time. <laughs> Obviously. I'm, I'm truthful to myself. I know I cheat. <laughs> I don't think that's cheating. I guess. I think that's a little. Like, cheating to me is going to get, like, you're doing something that's not intended in the For game. the game? Yeah. Like, going out and getting a code or something. Yeah, yeah. Having a million dollars. Yeah, our son cheats. Yeah, yeah, no, no, he's a huge cheater, yeah. for sure. 
We don't. So, uh, who's this week? He will stop. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I rarely do. <laughs> Nonetheless, really is not never. But yes, continue. Right. So, um, one of the other things they were talking about was they're going to have support for free to play type gaming and uh, episodic gaming. Uh, you know, examples of episode, obviously The Walking Dead, uh, you mm-hmm. know, game of the year in many people's eyes uh, from last year was an episodic game. Halo uh, 4 came out with Spartan Ops, which was episodic add-on. I mean, the game itself was a, a full-blown game, but they did episodic add-ons to it. Uh, free-to-play is obviously much more in the realm of computers. Uh, where you see games like League of Legends mm-hmm. or any MMO nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and But we've never really seen that translate over yet into the consoles with any type of uh, uh, force. So right now, the most you can get for free-to-play is demos. And then once you get through a demo portion or a limited portion of the game, you can then buy the full game, uh, talking from like the Xbox Live uh offering like their arcade offering so really that which is interesting because it may actually break them out of the 60 dollars for a video game price point Mm -hmm. and and allow a lot more different types of games to thrive on the system which i think overall i like that it's a good move oh let's see this is an interesting one because they really didn't go into much details on it which was the stereo camera and built-in move camera yeah what that one was it it had like a three-sentence blurb on that. It, it was wasn't... really small, and you know, I've, tr- I've tried to search down more links on it, and they really didn't during their gala um, exposing the, the PlayStation 4 or announcing the PlayStation 4. They didn't really go too in-depth to it, but it seems like that the controllers themselves will have built-in move functionality to them so that you don't need the little one thingy anymore it you'd actually just be able to use your your standard controller, controller yeah. along with some sort of add-on the stereo camera i don't know much more about it i mean obviously they don't want to completely go out of the motion sensing market right uh but again it that's one that i think in microsoft's been pushing it really heavily too i don't know if anybody's quite found the right niche for it I think the voice command portion is really interesting. The movement command portion, not so much, at least with the game offerings they've given us so far. Uh, the specs on the hardware, pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's beefy. Uh, 8 gigs of GDDR RAM 5, that's massive compared to anything else out there. I know I saw a comparison, like the Wii U it came with 2 gigs of, I think, uh, lesser speed RAM. So it's really going to be able to handle quite a bit. Um, I saw a tweet from uh, John Carmack, who's the id software maker of Doom, Quake, mm-hmm. you know, pretty technical guy. And even he came out saying he was impressed both with the hardware details and kind of where their mindset was for uh, sharing and al- allowing those type of things. As long as it happens, obviously. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these are, you know, I, I'm curious to see if they can actually pull them off. Uh, obviously, they're also really pushing uh, to get people to be more of a download base instead right. of uh, going for stores. Now, um, and that, I think at one point, that had a lot of people worried because they said that you weren't going to be able to play it offline. Right. But they have now said that you will be able to play it offline, correct? Yeah. Yeah, because I know there was a lot of people 
going crazy about that, which I mean, especially if you have small children, like when Aridin was small, we didn't allow him to play online without, you know, us sure. being around. So I can see how that would be a concern for certain parents or even just for some people, period, that you just want to play a game and you don't want everybody knowing what you're doing. Right, right. Well, and I think also, I mean, one of the other things that they're including with that, though, is kind of a predictive TiVo almost yeah. aspect to where it'll say, like, I've noticed you've played Call of Duty 17. We think you'd like Call of Duty 18. So I'll even, before you buy it, start pre-downloading some of it for you. It's like, well, that's a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> what if I don't you, want Call of Duty 18? One step away from Skynet, really. Mm-hmm. But uh, So that's it. I mean, a lot of it's also using predictive data to show you what's, what is your home screen going to look like in terms of the ads or games that they offer you Uh you know what try to get it a little bit more fine tuned now how that's going to work specifically in a multi user household will each person have to log in individually like we do on the Xbox i'm not as familiar with how the PS3 works right now um that may be the case so we'll see how much mileage they actually get out of that uh what else did they have going on the other thing that i thought was kind of a, one thing that i thought was kind of a negative was the uh, no backwards compatibility that's an interesting one because they came out and they said, well, we're not going to support it, but we're going to make them available in the cloud for you. At least so that's our plan. So you can buy them though, right? Well, it depends. They may allow you to like do some method of proving that you own the game. And I personally think that's the option that's not going to be there at launch. I don't think you're going to see any type of backward compatibility nor any method of downloading games from the cloud that you already own. That you already own. I think that's going to be, if anything of this list slips for sure, that one to me is the one that's that's not going to be there. Hmm. So you think there will be some sort of way to play your old games? No, I don't. You don't think there I is. don't think they're going to. Just like, because I remember that with the PS3, it was supposed to allow backward compatibility. Every, every system has said they're going to allow backward compatibility, and they always run into issues when they do that. Well, and I'm thinking, I mean, I think that we really need to get a little smarter when we're, making you know new game systems just because if we're pushing everybody to buy everything you know doubt to download everything versus having the physical you know dvd cd whatever then they should be able to they should be able to re-download them if your system is able to play the game they should be able to re-download them. Right, but they're saying it's not going to be able to replay it. So That's what I'm saying, is that if you're smart, I mean, no one wants to throw away their entire library of old games, and it'd be nicer to not have to have five different systems sitting out on your living room, right. clogging up all your ports, and it would just be really smart. I want your them- ports all clogged. That's right. Who wants p- clogged ports? That's just, <laughs> get some Clearasil or something well, for that. And especially if you've only got... If you've only got a television that has one or two and then you have to get yeah. now something else to connect them and that's another piece of oh yeah electronics that you need it's just a mess just well yeah it'd be nice if it could carry over because eventually something's going to come out that's even different than our component and hdmi cables and exactly. you know just eventually you'd like to just be able to say i have one box it has everything, everything. i've ever had pretty much on it including with, my sega genesis games without everything. having to hack the box and <laughs> exactly. create emulators and all that type of bs you know you want it easy yeah, because right now hooking up a Genesis is hard. It is it's such a pain, <laughs> and every like once a year we want to do that, and yep. it's just such a pain to do it. After we do it, it's like okay, we're not doing this. Yeah, again. like this. Uh, well, then it just sits on the floor for like <laughs> two months because nobody wants to go through the hassle of unhooking it. 
true. So interesting. I mean, it's something I would love to see them do, but I don't know if it's going to happen. They confirmed it will have a Blu-ray device, so they mm-hmm. are sticking. I mean, obviously, so that's Sony's, you know, brainchild right there. So I can't imagine they would drop it. Uh, one of the other things that they kind of sort of addressed was the uh, used games. And we always thought when we were first talking about these systems coming out that that would be something, obviously, they want, especially game manufacturers, want the systems to move away from. Uh, The quote from it was, we are just now announcing the basic vision and strategy of the PS4 and we'll have more information to share regarding used games later this year, says Sony's spokesperson. But PlayStation has a long history of keeping its gamers happy. Yeah. (laughs) I'm curious about what that long history actually is. Is that when they gave their, you know, had lax security and gave out all those credit card numbers? And we won't make a decision that damages our relationship with, with them. My guess is is they're stalling and they are actively just and I'm not, you know, saying Sony's the only one in this. I think Microsoft is probably going to come out with something as well. This if anything, if it's not already dead, this will probably be the last go around for consoles with physical media that could be sold as hard. Yeah. Um now whether or not they take a hard stance and say all our physical media that we're selling we're going to make it so that the hardware limits you to only being allowed on one device. I don't know, or whatever type of DRM sharing, you know, even like Apple with their music sharing, you can only have it up to a certain number of devices. You know, what, what, whatever method they take, I hope they keep it still somewhat loose, but I don't, I wouldn't imagine that after, after this go around of consoles, you'll probably not see used games for sale any longer because there just won't be any physical copies out there. It'll all be, uh, for the most part, digitals. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something interesting for our previous show, because we know Doc Dead loves his 4K video. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And they did confirm that, uh, it will play 4K resolution pre-recorded videos, uh, which is actually four times the pixels of a 1080p display. However, they do not support that for the actual games. So mm. it's cool to see, but it's not something you'll actually see within the games. Uh, DualShock controllers. Yeah. Uh, the DualShock 3 controllers are not going to be compatible with the PlayStation 4. Um, looking at the designs that they've shown for the controllers... I mean, they have a lot of extra buttons on it, so I don't know. So all new games, all new controllers. Yeah. It's all new system. I mean, it's been 10 years, so I guess they can kind of say, look, cough it up. <laughs> I guess. So, and then, yeah, the final quote was that uh, Yoshida confirmed that the PlayStation 4 is usable offline. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You can go offline totally. Social is big for us, and we, but we understand that some people who are antisocial. I know. I love the way he puts that. Some people are just antisocial. <laughs> yeah. But we'll, we'll go ahead and, and ma- please you anyway. We'll please you, you with that. Antisocial people. Yeah. Oh, man. Silliness. <laughs> Yeah. So that was the big announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, now, since then, we've they've already Microsoft's already uh, registered the domain like my, Xbox Gala, I think. dot com. There's nothing on it yet, but people are pretty much saying they're not going to wait for E3. You'll probably see Xbox and Microsoft make their announcement for their next system before then. Uh, kind of try to steal the, some of the thunder here. Because uh, the expectation is, is that these two systems are going to come out relatively at the same time and compete for your gaming dollar. Um, especially if they want to also, because announced a few weeks ago was the Steam Box, which is going to yeah. give them competition because now you're going to have something that can access the massive library of Steam games. And 
That's a compelling thing for that me. Is, that would be really <laughs> nice to be able to play. Well, I think that would be more compelling for me because I don't like playing my games on the little right. computer screen. So I've been dying to have something to be able to play on my big. We have two huge screen TVs, and why can't I play them there? We both have Xboxes. Right. I should be able to play them there. So that would be something that would interest me a ton. Yeah. Because we have, well, you have so many games. Oh, a lot of games. That I could play <laughs> on a huge screen, which would be a lot nicer for me. Plus, right. they're old school games, and I always like to go back to old school games. Right. Yeah, no, no. It's it's an interesting dilemma. And it yeah. also depends on the price point on that. Because, I mean, in this household, we've been known to buy more than one system. So. <laughs> no. <laughs> My guess is that would happen now. I, you know, I'm definitely an Xbox fan, so I'm really curious to see what they come out with. One of the other big knocks, though, funny enough, from a media perspective, was the fact that they didn't actually show the console. No, yeah, what was up with Which that? Which is interesting. I don't know if I'm super concerned. I'm more interested in the features. I don't. I mean, unless the thing is like a pastel polka dot you know, monstrosity <laughs> that won't fit into any type of entertainment center. I really. I mean, I'm guessing it's going to be a sleek little box that I put in there. Yeah. Good enough for me. True. Very true. <laughs> so, oh. A lot of game announcements, though, also yes. for it. Um, one of my favorite. One of your favorites. Bioshock. Bioshock Infinite, obviously. Yes, Bioshock Infinite. And there is a um, comparison out there that we pulled. Well, somebody pulled from Reddit, I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah, so this was actually from Reddit. This is one of my absolute favorite. Uh, actually, I shouldn't say favorite. This is the only place I go on Reddit. <laughs> like, literally, I don't really get Reddit at all. <laughs> but. The Reddit uh, slash game deals form is awesome, awesome because it's updated daily and people just post any deal from around the web on there. And it's really easy to keep track of in one easy spot. Now, one of the folks on Reddit actually went out because Bioshock Infinite announced all their pre-order deals. Yes. And... Every place has a different pre-order deal for it. Like, there's different combinations of games you get and uh, voucher credits and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So they've put a nice little list together that shows you, okay, if you haven't already pre-ordered it, here's, I think, six different ways you can get the game and figure out which one works the best for you. But I like it because they're really great about it. They put in little notes of why you should buy this. Like, if you are into this, this is why you should buy this one. Right, right. Like, Steam is basically doing... I, I think they did this for XCOM as well, which, funny enough, XCOM's involved in this, where yeah. as the pre-orders come in, you unlock different levels of rewards. So right exactly. now, if you pre-order it, you get the first Bioshock included. If they you hit a certain point of pre-orders, then you get a bunch of T, uh, Team Fortress 2 items that you have some trade-in value and stuff you can play with. Uh, and then if they hit the last tier, you get XCOM Enemy Unknown as a, a game included as well, exactly. which is pretty awesome. Uh, Amazon has the deal, which is basically for folks that already have Bioshock, it's probably the best deal because it doesn't include it. It just gives you a vendor credit of $30 uh, towards any 2K uh, game. Right, which and is nice. I like the the, <laughs> the little blurb on it. It's a, there is going to be a 2K game you want in the next year. Exactly. So just... Just, just take the just credit. Take it. So, and then they have other places like Green Man Gaming and the the various choices they give you, Gamers Gate, GameFly, and even uh, lists AMD, who's doing a promotion. If you're in the market for a new uh, graphics card, you can get a really good deal there, where you can get Bioshock along with a really new game like Crisis Three or the new Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider which yeah. is pretty awesome. 
so yeah, that's a it's a great form, and it's a really if you haven't already brought, uh, pre-ordered Bioshock Infinite, which I don't know why you wouldn't have, but yeah. nonetheless, I think we have two copies pre-ordered, don't we? Uh, I don't know. I know at least one. <laughs> well, we should have. two. We probably should have three. But, exactly, because you know, I'm not going to let go of that as soon as it comes in until right. I'm done. So. So some other things that happened last week is Aliens Colonial, Colonial Marines launched and apparently sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, just mm. horrible, which was so disappointing because I really enjoy the Aliens universe. I was really, like, pumped for this. Our friend that we role-played with last night, he's yeah. a huge Aliens fan, so we're like, oh, this is going to be awesome. I mean, he bought an Atari Jaguar just to play the original <laughs> Aliens vs. Predator on that thing, which was actually kind of spooky at times. But nonetheless... This game came out and it's apparently just god-awful. The AI is terrible. It's bland firing, bland gameplay, just bad. So I'm super disappointed in that. And there's a good article on the uh, Penny Arcade Report where a guy details some of the issues with how why it's hard to make an, a good Aliens games. And I agree somewhat with them. I think the biggest thing, though, is they really should have taken a page from the Dark Souls type game where make it brutally hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the whole threat of the aliens is if one of these suckers get on you, it's game over. Yep. You are, you're, you're meat at that point. Uh, so really they should have gone with, they could have gone a much harder, instead of going with an action packed first person shooter, make it more of a survival horror and go with something where you are, you know, you have to be choosy with your rounds. You have to be choosy with how you kill the things because you don't want to get splashed with acid and make it a much more, uh, brutal game but they didn't and they have been pretty much universally panned by every place out there it's almost one of those games i just want to see how bad it is but i'm not going to pay anything above you know five bucks to try it out (laughs) nice yeah Oh, well, you know, at least it's out there for those people who, you know, want to play a really bad game. <laughs> Just for those folks. Just for those folks. That's great. Uh, kind of back into the PS4 uh, mm-hmm. realm, they made some announcement of some games that are coming out for it. Uh, one of them being uh, Bungie's newest effort, uh, Destiny, is coming out, which is interesting because Bungie, up until this point, had been a xbox developer making the halo series and now since they sold the halo rights they made destiny which is going to be a multi-platform game uh so that looks interesting one of the other big announcements and they actually had mm-hmm. chris metzen there from blizzard to announce yeah. was diablo 3 diablo coming 3. to it which is kind of like huh <laughs> i want and one of the first questions everybody that i've seen talking about this asked was was it going to still have the always on requirement yeah. Because if they're saying the PS4 doesn't have to they always have to, be on, are they going to allow game manufacturers to dictate, well, but our game, you, you do need it. Always on, yeah. Mm. That'll be interesting to see how that develops because, yeah, you can't start letting game developers dictate what your well, hardware is going to. But kind of, yeah, it makes your statement then. It's like, well, we don't really care what you have to say. If you're telling me that every game developer can choose whether or not I can play their game offline or not, yeah. then telling me that the PlayStation works offline doesn't do me. My computer works offline exactly. too, yeah. <laughs> but not Diablo 3. Yep. So it'd be interesting. I, I'm, I'm curious to see if they incorporate some of the feedback and stuff. If they're actually going to make an updated version or if this is just going to be a straight port. Hmm. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. So 
Uh, the other uh, news in the gaming area for PS4 was that the first game that went on pre-order for it was uh, Watch Dogs, which is a game. It's the one that's set in Chicago with the oh, technology. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That one was really good. That one looks really good. So basically Ubisoft has decided to you know, take that game is definitely going to be a next-gen title. Um, when when you watch the demo, you kind of can say, yeah, that's probably not going to run on current systems. Yeah. So. Uh, definitely a game I'm excited for, be it on the uh, PS4 or Xbox 720 or whatever they end up calling it. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. So, again, our call-in topic for today is thoughts on the PS4. Or is it something that you're rushing out to uh, pre-order? Is it something you're going to wait and see or... Just no interest at all in it now. And your Oscar predictions. You know, what are your Oscar predictions for your favorite, or what was your favorite movie, and are you hoping that they're the ones that uh, win the award tonight? Yeah. And are you going to be watching, or is that something that you're just like, eh, Oscars, who cares? (laughs) Uh, So with that, we're going to go to our next break. And Are we going to play Bioalchemids? Uh, no, we're going to play that out of the third book. Oh, that'll be the last one. Okay. So this is Clam Bake by the Pubes, and we will be back shortly. You're listening to Casually Hardcore. Title and background music for this production provided courtesy of Sean Beeson, composer for media. Find him on the web at www.seanbeeson.com. Dot com. That's S-E-A-N-B-E-E-S-O-N dot com.
Researched Chaos. Welcome back to Casually Hardcore. We're in the Research Chaos portion where you folks have given us stuff to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) How cool is that? Okay, our research title this week is 19 Clicks to Heaven, brought to us by Aid. Also contributing is Boba Fetish and MacBit. Not to be confused with MacButt. That's right. Although I really like MacButt. I confuse it with MacButt all, <laughs> all the, the time. time. <laughs> so true. So um, one of the things on there was the Star Wars films. Yeah. So they um, let me read this on here. So new spinoff films set to expand the Star Wars uh, galaxy. Um, Star Wars Cinematic Galaxy is about to experience a big bang. Lucasfilm is officially announcing new spinoff films that will expand the mythos and depths of the Star Wars universe in previously unexplored ways. So it's not just the films that they're talking about, because obviously they're going to do, you know, they're going to go ahead and do the films. But they're talking about, about making episodes that focus on specific characters. Right. But they didn't say which specific characters. No. And but and it. You know, it feels to me like they said, well, it worked really good for those Marvel yeah, guys. Yeah, for those, Mar- those Marvel guys did a really good job on that whole single character so thing. maybe we need to expand that out some. Um, so really, a lot of it's going to depend on what direction they go with the the core 7, 8, and 9 seven, eight, films. Nine, yeah. um, you know, what characters they introduce. If it's not the Zahn series, then it, whatever supplementary characters and and folks they want to follow in that is it going to be the children of luke and uh you know if they put mara in there then or han uh, and Han and leia's uh, Mm -hmm. kids and if so maybe then they would have some break-offs uh uh one-shot series obviously most people would say i want my boba fett spin-off movie i want my solo boba fett movie yeah um which I think if Disney was at all interested in making a ton of, of money, money. <laughs> which I think they are, that would be one of the first ones you'd queue up. Yeah. Uh, some sort of bounty hunter. Because they've already talked about, you know, obviously the live action television show was supposed to focus on it. Uh, the Star Wars game they announced, which for some reason is escaping my memory, but uh, is going to focus. I mean, they've pretty much all but said Boba Fett is our main character right. in this. Uh, since it's a bounty, it's a game set on uh, backwater, uh, you know, CD type worlds. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll see something along those lines, but it's good. I mean, more Star Wars movies, again, assuming that it's going to be, uh, up to snuff. Uh-huh. And this one did sound like it cause they actually brought in the writer for, uh, and there's the phone for the, <laughs> for the, uh, Empire Strikes Back came in. And with that, uh, 
he's he also uh, collaborated on Return of the Jedi as well. And so with that, you know, I hope that he'll be able to deliver a good script. You know, again, the director is also an interesting thing to have, uh, or who's going to be directing the offshoot movies. We know, uh, obviously, the directors for the um, the main films. But I don't think they've announced anything more than just the writing staff. Yeah, the writing staff, it looks like, is who they announced. And they really don't have much other than that. I mean, they just basically said we're going to have these one-offs and it's going to focus on characters and it's going to be, you know, in line with 789 and that's pretty much it. But as long as it's done right, more Star Wars is never bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right. We also have, uh, interesting, this is where the research title came from, which is, uh, any two pages on the web are connected by 19 clicks or less. Now, this was research that was actually done back in, I believe, 1999. They actually did an update to the article where they said, uh, you know, at first they thought this was recent research, but this is actually a study that was done. But when you go in and read the study, the person who did the study basically said, I, you know, if you take a small snippet or you expand it out to a trillion pages, the same uh, distance applies. applied. So even even with the fact that it was done, you know, what, 14 years ago uh, or 13 years ago, it uh, still may be relevant. Uh, which is really interesting because he goes into kind of the psychology behind it. Um, basically, he goes on to say that this means no matter how large the web grows, the same interconnectedness will rule. Uh, the person who did the study, Barbasi, analyzed the network looking at a variety of levels and he examining anywhere from a tiny slice to a full one trillion documents and found that regardless of scale, the same 19 clicks or less rule applied. This arrangement, though, uh, though reveals cybersecurity risks. Barbasi writes that knocking out a relatively small number of critical nodes that connect the web could isolate various pages and make it uh, impossible to move from one another. Of course, these vital nodes are among the most robustly protected parts of the web, but findings still underline, but the findings still underline the significance of a few key pages. So it's kind of interesting that it goes on. Obviously, pages like Google, you know, search engines mm-hmm. are what really link all these things so far, uh, so closely together. Um, and it goes on to uh, provide a. Uh, link to a place called the OPTE or Opti Project, uh, which was started by Barrett Lyon in 2003 to create public available visualizations of the web. In the map above, for example, uh, which is included on the web page, the red lines represent links between web pages in Asia, green for Europe, uh, Middle East and Africa, blue for North America, yellow for Latin America, and white for unknown IP addresses. And when you look up at the map, it's just as, it looks like almost a galaxy or a galaxy that fell into a yarn bin (laughs) (laughs) based on how much the colors and and the nodes uh, show up on there. So, again, beautiful picture, though. Yeah, (laughs) our our web is is a lot closer than I think uh, anybody probably would have realized that you can get that, you know, from one page to another and that few amount of clicks is an impressive thing. True. Um, Let's see, what else did we have here? 
Oh, I didn't read the Apple one. I'm sorry. You didn't read the Apple one. I didn't. Did you read the Apple yeah, one? Yeah, I read the Apple one. This one's interesting. Uh, it's a NYPD forms dedicated Apple team to catch thieves and return stolen iPhones and iPads. So apparently in, in New York City. <laughs> this Apple, must be a big deal. <laughs> this is a really big deal. Uh, when I break, this is from the New York Post where basically they had to form a group because iPad or Apple device theft is so rampant in New wow. York City that they needed to actually dedicate folks to it. Um, and it goes on in the story to one stolen iPad was tracked down to the Dominican Republic and uh, recovered with the help of an NYPD intelligence cop assigned to uh, Santo Domingo. So and in another case, they busted a person who was uh, suspected of selling, selling stolen iPads at a city bus stop by tracking them with Apple's help. So basically, they're using the IDs and right. the built-in functionality to track all these devices, working with Apple to actually try to cut down on this because it's so rampant. Wow. And according to them, most of these devices that are sold are ending up back in the five boroughs around New York City. So they really don't leave the city. They're just getting resold to somebody else. And they still are able to track the devices even if they're wiped and sent and and uh, uh, put onto a different carrier. So have they? Did they write anything in there about like the same iPad being sold to more than one person? Yeah, it actually goes. Really? Well, it goes on to say that they were able to. They've even found cases where it's been resold once or more times, and they're able to recover the device, and in some cases, they give it back to the original owner. Wow. So, I, I mean, I don't know how that works with the new owners of it, but... Well, if you bought it in a little fishy <laughs> way, I mean, come on. If you buy it off someone's trench coat... You got the trench coat of iPads <laughs> hanging. iPads on one side, iPhones, iPhones on the, the other. other. You know that there might be something wrong there. <laughs> you can't be too surprised when cops show up to take your iPad at that point. I also wonder that you actually need to track the devices if you got a guy with trench coats for a little iPads. <laughs> I mean, maybe that guy might not have acquired those in the most legal of means. <laughs> but still, it's a it's a good example of technology working with our uh, our you know government agencies to kind of crack down on these type of things. I mean, it brings up some of the big brother, like, wow, that means since they're using this for crime fighting, that's mm -hmm. great. But in theory, then couldn't they use that for anybody's devices exactly. to kind of keep track of them or, or at least use that as a, a portion of their surveillance. True. Um, so yeah, and it goes on to say, obviously many of the confiscated devices were bought on the secondhand market by people who didn't even know they were stolen. Probably should have known. Probably should have known. Come know. on. So, yeah. Interesting story out of New York City. Yep. And then I think the last one was the Academy Awards, right? Yeah. So, we wanted to kinda... I'm sorry. The Oscars. The Oscars. Not the Academy Awards. So, the Oscars. So, we wanted to go through and kind of give you some of the nominees. Obviously, the big, uh, the big one is the movie of the year. Which right. is now taking forever to show up <laughs> on my computer. <laughs> but I know for a fact that Life of Pi was on there. Lincoln was on there. Yes. Uh, Amor? Amor was on there. Um, uh, Argo. Argo was on uh, there. Zero Dark Thirty. Mm-hmm. And I think Les Mis might have Les been Mis on there. Les Mis was on there, actually. Okay. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, we're trying to get to probably maybe not best site to use was the 2013 Oscar nominee site. Yeah, that probably wasn't the <laughs> for best the one. list. It's definitely taking a little bit to get up. Uh, but yeah, those were the main ones. I know from what I've read on the web about it. I looked at Wired, and they kind of did a 
what we think is the best. And I looked at a couple uh, Entertainment Weekly. Uh, most folks kind of have it as Zero Dark Thirty. Some have said Lincoln, but I guess there's a pretty big push also for Argo. Yeah, well, Argo was... It seemed really interesting. It's one of the movies I wanted to see. It's about the film crew going in and um, trying to get what say like six hostages yes. out with a whole fake background and saying that they were a film crew but they really weren't, and they right. actually had to become a film crew in order to do it. So it sounded really interesting. Um, well, I like the comment also I heard earlier today from I think my dad of all people. He goes, "I'm going with Argo because it's the only movie nominated that is about Hollywood." And so because it's about Hollywood, they feel that that might be uh, a good chance for it to win. (laughs) True. Okay. But, yeah. Okay, Barry. Shush. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm like, what? That's old news. So, uh, yeah. So, anyways. um, But, yes. Those were the ones for the... Oh, Silver Lining. Silver Lining. That's right. That also got nominated uh, for quite a few things. Yeah. Oscars. So yeah, I, and I know there's been a pretty big push for Jennifer Lawrence in the best the silver linings, uh, best, yeah, actress. best actress category. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if I can get a actual page to show the. I know, I don't neat. know what's happening here. <laughs> let's see. Um, I know that was one of them. Uh, there's a. Obviously, Daniel Day Lewis for Lincoln. For Lincoln was, was one supposed of them. To be, I think. Um, Joaquin Phoenix was oh for the master denominated for the master yeah. yeah so looking at it I mean like MTV basically has their predictions of Argo being best picture uh, Daniel Day Lewis as being the best actor um, best actress uh, they feel it should be Jessica Chastain from Zero Dark Thirty who played the agent who was actually responsible for track kind of bringing together the information to oh, figure out yeah. where. Osama I, bin Laden was. And I think the other one um, who was also in for leading actress was Naomi Watts for The Impossible. Right. And that was the... The, the, mons- the monsoon. monsoon. Well, it was the tidal wave, tidal wave types. Yeah. yeah. Massive storm that hit uh, Malaysia, I believe, or one of, so. a, a country within the Indonesian area. Uh, oh, but, and the little girl. The little girl from Beasts of Southern Wild. Um, the little... She's a little girl that is in uh, I, in this this beast of Southern Wild. I really didn't even know a lot about it until recently, and it's basically a movie which is sort of a little bit fantastical, I guess, kind of like mm-hmm. Life of Pi, and okay. it's about the little girl's life and her explaining how she's a little piece of the whole world, basically being the big puzzle, and she's a little piece of the puzzle in her life throughout, okay. and there's supposed to be some sort of animal that's in there but um she's apparently really really good it's a little girl that's in there okay. so. well the internet conspired but we were able to dominate the internet and so now so yeah best, best picture we went through most of them beast of the southern wild was also nominated because mm-hmm. this is something they did a few years ago and i'm sure barry will be able to talk to this but i know a few years ago they actually expanded their best picture category to not just be five titles now it's can be anywhere i think up to 10 it's so, nine this year this year yeah, yeah. more argo uh beast of southern wild uh django unchained yeah. lincoln les mis life of pi silvered lines playbook and zero dark 30 exactly um okay then... oh, go, go ahead oh i was gonna say and then when you go to best director they have ang lee for life of pi uh the benna zetlin for beast of the southern wild uh then the director for silver lion playbook 
Spielberg for Lincoln and the director of Lamore. And then the best actresses were Jessica uh, from Zero Dark Thirty, Jennifer Lawrence from Silver Linings, Emmanuel from Lamore. Um, and I can't pronounce the little girl's name from Beast of Southern Wild. It's like Quez. Quevens Honey Wallace hmm. and then um, Naomi Watts. Okay. Um, best actor was Alan Arkin for Argo, Robert De Niro for Silver Linings, Philip Seymour Hoffman for The Master, Tommy Lee Jones for Lincoln, and uh, this is supporting actor. Yeah, supporting actor. And then Christopher yeah. Waltz for Django Unchained. Yeah. So it's a good field. I know they said, especially in the best actress category, that was going to be a tough one. Um, with I've seen a lot of people say Jennifer Lawrence, but they felt that, that Jessica Chastain did really good, Naoma Watts, and pretty much everybody was. Oh yeah, I see that name for Southern Wilds like Quivizan Wilds Wallace. Wallace? Yeah. Oof, I know quite it's a, the that's word. a toughie. But yeah. then the men's act, the leading role in um, in men's category, that's a really tough one too. I mean, you've got Daniel Day Lewis, you've got Joaquin Phoenix, you got Denzel Washington, Hugh Jackman, and uh, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of really, really good actors and actresses. That oh, are, for sure. That are up for this one. Everything I've read though so far has basically said Daniel Day Lewis is a lock in for it, for just Lincoln. because he was ridiculous. He was so good. Yeah. So it's interesting. And again, you know, we're curious to hear if you got predictions on it or any thoughts around the Oscars. Um, you know, it's something I'll definitely probably have on. I don't know. It, the other big reason to watch i guess this year is that seth mcfarlane is actually the one hosting yeah the which is so fun which is interesting uh-huh it's gonna be good yeah no it's, it'll be good it's you know he's definitely <laughs> i mean he's kind of been shunned by the emmys so we'll see how he does uh hosting the oscars i mean his his movie ted was funny. i don't know if i'd say oscar worthy, but damn it was funny i thought it was funny oh, i love yeah. ted it was it pretty was good. funny it was very good so some interesting, uh, interesting uh, uh, things to watch tonight in that regard. Mm-hmm. So outside of that, uh, I'm trying to think. You know, some of our uh, the shows we watch also have come back. Uh, Walking Dead, obviously, being mm-hmm. one of them. I know yes. you're not as caught up, I think, as I am in it. No, I have not. So I need to catch up. Today. But it's interesting because they're you know if you follow the comic book, uh, they've actually gotten to the point where they've gone into the prison. They introduced. Uh, somebody in the comic books, a major character is Tyrese, and he's now mm-hmm. just been introduced on the show. Uh, the actor playing him is a guy who played in The Wire. I don't remember his name off the top of my head, but he's so far been doing a, a good job. They've kind of been slow in his introduction, so he hasn't had a huge amount of scenes yet, but you know, I think, I think he'll fit in nicely uh, with the group. Um, but they're doing the whole prison scenario and obviously dealing with the governor. They just came off their uh, mid-season break yeah. and kind of jumped back into it. Uh, had a kind of shocker at the end of the last episode that was, you know, the series does such a good job of kind of catching you and going, whoa, I didn't see that coming. That's for so, sure. It's just uh, like the game. So, yeah, that's, that's awesome. been really good. Uh, the American version of Being Human has still been playing, yes. which has been really good as well. Um, this season, they've kind of mixed things up where you had the character who was a werewolf is no longer, no longer a, werewolf, a werewolf, but his girlfriend's a werewolf, and they take in another werewolf. And so <laughs> definitely the werewolves are still very well represented on the show. Absolutely. <laughs> and the ghost is no longer a ghost. She's now some sort of reanimated 
person uh, and not, uh, yeah, not really zombie, but no, just fully alive, alive but yeah. has some quirks with a curse of hers that or not, or the method she was brought back by this witch has now caused her that she meets people from that knew her from her past life. She immediately kills them. And then, not on purpose. Not on purpose. It's she doesn't just, actually kill them herself right. either. It's just a magical sort of death. Yeah, it's like the curse or whatever yeah. is affecting them. So that's been an interesting show too. It's one of my more favorite ones to to watch on television right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, so between those two, then you also have Archer, which has been awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> from from dealing with a snake bite on the taint. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other guys to suck it out. Yeah, suck the venom to, out. to suck it out. And, you know, uh, one of the guys, Cyril, says, well, just put a tourniquet on it. He goes, how do I tourniquet my taint? <laughs> oh, man. So good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, really funny to, to watch. Um, so, yeah, I definitely highly recommend that, that show still to everybody. Yep. Yeah, yep, for sure. And then, of course, you've been pounding through supernatural still yeah i'm uh midway through seven season seven so i'm almost uh, caught up um and you know what i okay i'm gonna so far season seven has been good except mm-hmm. for that one episode oh, yeah. that has that super fan and i first of all i can't stand the super fan to begin with and then to have her be the focus of this episode where she's just so dumb and annoying and i can't believe that the guys would fall for anything this really idiotic girl would have to say or do. It just didn't do it for me. There was a one episode I was just like, what? It makes no sense. Yeah. But so far it's pretty good. I like, you know, I like the camaraderie between the brothers and between them and the angel and and between them and their, you know, second dad. And it's fun, but it's definitely not one of the something you have to think a lot about you know no. it's kind of a, a bunch of fluff and, and neat and but it's not i wouldn't say it's like a, a sherlock holmes or like a game of thrones where you really have to think when things are happening it's more just a fun sort of buffy type yeah i think well yeah i mean like i said my interaction with it still works perfectly where i can just sit down and watch an episode <laughs> and i maybe have to ask a couple questions but overall i know basically the story of what's going on i know the one brother the tall one uh, is going Sam. to be whiny and angsty <laughs> and the other one's going to be funny and closed off and then you know it, you kind of go with that so and all of them will make really bad decisions at some point at all episode. all of them yeah. all the time but so. i'd have to say that the best lines 90% of the time go to Dean. Yeah. Dean has the best lines of the show all the time. And then I think Cass, the angel, gets about 7% of right, the best. Right, right, right. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, they're funny. Something to spend the time doing. So Yeah. So it's been been enjoyable. Yes. But it's almost over. You're almost through. I'm almost through that. What's, so what's on Netflix, at least? I think they're in season eight They're right in season now. eight. So, so I'm going to need a new, se- a new series to um, occupy my time at some point. Yeah. So if you have any suggestions, feel free. <laughs> Preferably something that can be watched on Netflix. Preferably or, something that can be watched on Netflix. Yeah, like or Amazon, Amazon Prime yeah. would be good. Yeah, especially, and you know, I mean, I really like fantasy. I like supernatural supernatural things. I right. like, um, what else? I like some sci-fi. I'm yeah. good with sci-fi. Um, so yeah, hit me with them. Hit me with your uh, <laughs> me suggestions. Your <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, so again, just a reminder. Now we're going to hopefully be able to get into Skype since Noom 
Did not leave us the right password for that. <laughs> or I wrote it down wrong. I, however, am going to blame Gnome for this. Of course. But we do have a text out to him, so we're going to try to get uh, logged in. Uh, again, the questions are going to be based on your feelings on the PlayStation 4 announcement and all the promised features. How are you feeling about that? And also any Oscar predictions you may have. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to go to break now. We got a couple songs from the pubes coming up. The requested Eat My Chicken, as well as Camel Toe. Uh, can we do prom song? I like prom song. You want prom song instead? Yeah. I can do that. Hang on one sec. All right. So we will do those two songs coming up next and uh, hopefully get on Skype here for you guys. So we'll talk to you in a bit. You're listening to Casually Hardcore. Scott Johnson here from Frog Pants Studios, and you're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Shit! 
I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Nerds with opinions. Welcome back to Casually Hardcore. We have Skype open. We got a whole no, and you got the <laughs> updated password for it. So, uh, unfortunately, Skype has a tendency to take forever to load on this computer. And when it does, it causes stuttering. stuttering. But we do have a caller coming in. So, let me bring this up. Welcome to Casually Hardcore. Who's calling? Hey, guys, it's Aid here. Hey, Aid. Hi, Aid. And I'm going to shut that up because that's not what we're listening to. <laughs> <laughs> How are you guys? Good. Doing great. How are you doing? So what are and your thoughts? And it's good that Skype's working for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Son of a... This has been an interesting episode for sure. Yeah. Hey, it's worked. You're on air. I've nice. still not heard any background music, but so what? We'll uh, not mention that. Yeah, we don't know what's up with that, but yeah. that's okay. Yeah, I, I blame Gnome. <laughs> oh, yeah, obviously. Obviously. Gnome, Venora, Iolite, take Clearly, it's their fault. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> any one of those people. So what are your thoughts? Uh, anyway, right. I'm going to not bail on the two uh, call-in topics, but basically I've got a PC. Why do I want anything worse? Nice. And I don't really care about the Oscars either. Okay. Oh, well, there you go. Okay. On the other hand, mm-hmm. what you were saying about the consoles going to download stores and things like that, mm-hmm. what's your take on this? Because I'd be worried if I go to myps4store.com to buy my PS4 games, my Xbox720store.com to buy my seven Xbox games. Where's the competition? Yeah. That's true. I that- don't think that, th- that it'll have actually be that way, especially since a lot of them are cross-platform, so I mean, I still think yeah, they're going to really need... S- can you really see buying um, buying sort of from good old games or something like that? Right. Or, you know, can you, can you see yourself getting something on the Humble Bundle, for example, and that's suddenly working on your Xbox? Because I can't see Microsoft allowing that or Sony. Or Apple, for that matter. Yeah, I mean, that's something that's going to have to be addressed. Because, again, though, they're going to have the pressure from the uh, third-party developers to say, well, we don't want to just put our stuff up on your store. And I think one of the biggest things I'm looking for from Microsoft is how they're going to make themselves more open for indie. Because right now, indie developers and stuff really hate the process they have to go through to get something up on the arcade. True. Think going forward, if Xbox, if Microsoft is smart and if Sony is smart, they're going to open up their platforms a bit more to, at the very least, make that process easier. But what you bring up from competition is is good too. Now you might see things like exclusive titles, like Gears of War or like Uncharted on the PlayStation, being only available maybe on the the PlayStation Store. But you, I would hope that the third-party developers would get together and say, look, we want to be able to offer our games through multiple channels and have them appear there and pressure them enough to, to force them to do something like that. I would hope that, but I've not seen... You know, for example, the Humble Bundle is huge. Sure. You get the Humble Bundle for Android, but you don't get one on iOS. Right, right. And, yeah, it's huge, but so is the iOS market. 
Well, and but to me again, then this is where the pressure of the steam box would really, yeah. you know, force them to to look at it. Because if I can get a device that I can hook up to my TV easily and not have to worry about having a computer sitting next to it, um, that I can get to my Steam library, I can still go to like Green Man Gaming's and buy a game and activate it on Steam and then still play it on my Steam box. Oh, and this is where things like the Ouya right. interests me more than a PS4. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I agree 100% with that. I mean, I think, I hope that that competition forces the big two, you know, Sony and Microsoft, to really look at it and go, we have to figure out a way to allow games on our system. We may still control some of the review process and stuff, but we can't just only have them offered from our live arcade or PlayStation Marketplace or whatever else they come up with. Oh, so you go something more like the Android market where, yeah, you've got the Andro- you've got Google Play, but you could also go to the Amazon store yeah. or whatever other store you want to as well if you accept that that store has its own policies. Right, exactly. right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what they would have to shoot for. At least that's the model that seems to be working right now. That's what makes Steam so popular, um, that it's an easy way for me to keep track of my games and stuff, but I don't have to exclusively buy from Valve. I can buy from other places. And yeah, just I, mean, I, I loved how I could get... Uh, I got Borderlands from Amazon and... Activated it straight on Steam. I didn't even install the disc. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and I think that's you know this last that in the ga- indie gala bundle. Most like at least half of that bundle. <laughs> I love how you say gala, gala, gala. gala whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's so gala. It's so gala. <laughs> it's happy. It's a happy bundle. <laughs> it is a happy bundle. That is true. But, you know, half of it activated on Steam. The other half I actually have to download. I'm like, I'll get to those games later because I can't just activate them on Steam. <laughs> and I think that seems to be the model working right now until someone comes up with something more innovative um, that we just haven't thought of. Right. But well, I hope it does. I really do. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Um, another unrelated note. Sure. Uh-huh. Taxa, I know you love Bioshock. I love Bioshock. I- I can't play it for more... I'm playing Bioshock 1 again, and I just can't play it for more than an hour. Does it? Does the story get better? <laughs> um, I really like it. I, I love yeah. the story. I think the story's really great. I think... Yes, it does get better. It, right. At the beginning, I'm just really bad with games, it. so the beginning is really hard for me because I have to relearn everything, and I'm not as... It doesn't come as easily to me as it does to, like, Grail or our son, Aridin. So um, I usually have to fumble my way through the first hour or so before I can actually get into a game. But, yeah, I think the story gets better. I think it's one yeah, of the best I, stories. I can, play, I can play the game fine enough. I just, I'm just i just walking through a hospital, and I just think, yeah, this is kind of dull and boring. <laughs> you know, I'm getting killed by things, and, yeah, but it's a big deal. And I, I, I keep hearing about this great story, and I just don't see it. But it could just be that I'm not in it early enough. Yeah, this story does get better. It is a little slow going at first because they're teaching you how to play the game, which is the part that I always really need. So, yeah, it does get better. The story does get a lot better. Try and stick through it. Stick through it. Keep playing it. You'll like it. Yep. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. We're going to summarily kick you off. Bye. Thank you for the call. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. And let's answer the next call. Thank you for calling Casually Hardcore. Who's calling? This is Agris SW. Hey, Agris SW. How you doing? Doing well. All right. Get it out of the way. Shout out to my loving girlfriend, Ambrosia Hartnett. Nice. What is your 
thoughts on the topics or topics? Um, on the topics, PS4. I kind of mentioned a little bit on the Show X earlier. Uh, more or less, it's um, I'm not extremely wowed about it. It it, it it's kind of like oh, PS4 was announced. Okay, and what's new? Right, right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of little things in there for me, but there's nothing that's like a game changer, at least yet. Yeah, there's no huge wow factor. Right. So you would not run out and pre-order it right now? No, I, I would not. Would you buy it at all? Um, I have the feeling there's going to be a, a PS4 in this in my household, probably. <laughs> It, it, it will uh, not my purchase. My brother will probably purchase will one because, um, well, in fact, the only reason the only reason he went out and bought a PS3 when it came out was for two reasons: one, because it was a Blu-ray player and it was a very cost-effective Blu-ray player, and two, because of Metal Gear Solid. That's the only reason why my brother bought the PS3. And that's the only reason why we have it in this house. Ah. so that's the only reason why we get a PS4 is Metal Gear Solid. Exclusive to PS PS4, my brother's gonna buy it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know it will be. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting. So, is he interested in the Raiden Metal Gear game they're coming out with? Actually, no. That Metal Gear Rising, he's like, no, don't care because it's not <laughs> it's not the actual Metal Gear Metal Gear. It's like right. an offshoot of the Metal Gear franchise, and um, yeah, not his not his style. Okay. I mean, yeah. I I think it looks kind of interesting. I want to I want to play it, you know, when it goes down, or borrow it from somebody. Right. But um, uh, it, for me, it's not a buy. Yeah. Buy. I mean, I I like Raiden. He was kind of cool, but he's the ninja. It's like no, Gray Fox is the ninja. Right. Right. Yeah. Everybody they... else is just the shadow. Yeah, it's. I mean, I understand why they did it because they're kind of probably like, well, we've done like four games or however many games now of Snake running around hiding from people in boxes and killing them. So we have to try some sort of different gameplay. That never gets old. I know. It's like, why do you think it's been successful for this line and crazy ass convoluted stories that nobody can make sense of? You know, that's that's Metal Gear. <laughs> but you know, it actually brings up one other point from the the list, though. They they have not mentioned any type of price points for this yet either true so and i can tell you if they come out with the same price points that they did it when they initially launched the ps3 i'm not buying one. no way that's for sure those things the ps3 retail for 599 us dollars yeah Yeah. like that ain't happening (laughs) so so i'm paying like this is like for for a couple hundred more dollars i can get a halfway decent pc that'll probably outperform this damn thing seriously so, uh, Oscars, are you going to watch them? Any interest? Um, I'll probably have it on in the background when I'm playing League or something later on. Oh, there you go. And be like, oh, okay, what category is going on right here? Uh, okay, <laughs> whatever. Oh, wait, what? what? Oh. oh, hey, cool. Somebody won? won this. Yay. Yeah. What are they wearing? Nice. Yeah, it, it, for me, it's, it's, it's somewhat of a background thing. I mean, I'm not like having watcher like, okay, I got my list and everything ready to go. Nice. That makes sense. All right, cool. Well, thank you for the call. We will... Well, thank you for having me. So now your show is a success. Look <laughs> <laughs> at the shout out. That's a nice. That's the, and that's I have a complete sign. show without my shout out. Right, right go. on. All right, we're done then. We're hanging up the whole show then. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Have a good one. Bye. Okay. Those are all the callers we've had. Oh. We're online on Skype at VTW Shows. You can point your browser or your Skype 
towards us and call us and give us your opinions. But yeah, I mean, it was funny. They haven't hit the price point. There's a lot of rumors that they're going to do a two-tiered approach, kind of the way you have the Xbox right now where you have the four-gig version and oh, then yeah, the 250-gig yeah, yeah. version. So. I don't see myself going out and buying it right away. I, I, I obviously want to see what the Xbox comes out with, but we're such an Xbox family to begin with that that's normally, you know. Yep. I mean, if anyone run, if anyone eventually buys it in our household, it's probably going to be Aaron. Probably. But we have a new caller. Oh, let me guess. Does he have a beard? He has a beard. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, the beard has me. That's oh, true. That's true. So true. He is in charge. I thought he killed you this morning. No, I just, they, they moved my hours at work again, and I overslept. Ah. It just, you know, a classic blunder. Dope. <laughs> yeah, well, only two more weeks, and then I won't have the job at all, so I'll have all the time in the world to wake up and uh, be, be here for podcasts, I guess. I don't know, until I find a new job, but... Yay! Well, that's awesome, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yay, whether be happy or sad about that. <laughs> Um, uh, it, yeah, that, welcome to my world. Yeah, I'm getting laid off. That's I hate this job. So yay! But at the same time, I won't have a job. Boo! Yeah, not so good. <laughs> not good. So on happier thoughts, yes. What are your opinions about the PlayStation? Um, I watched some of the press conference before I had to go to work the other night, and I thought it was really weird that they didn't show the thing. But other people are like, no, that's not a big deal. I mean. It's still early. Well, I was like, well, why did they have a press conference just to say we're making it? We already knew they were making it. They didn't have to say it. Exactly. Yeah. It's so funny. we saw the share button on the controller is kind of interesting, but it's like, is it just going to share to Facebook or are, are, is there going to be like a whole setup of a bunch of different things you can share to? Or Yeah. How easy is it going to be also? Like to get yeah. to where you wanted to go to share to one person versus sharing to a social media mm-hmm. versus, you know, whatever other features they have with it. Right. I agree. Do you have, um, did you, I mean, I know you have an Xbox, so have you ever jumped in on the PlayStation <laughs> side of the fence before, or would that be? Um, I, yeah, my console history was, uh, I've, I've owned every Nintendo system, but I had the PlayStation 1 and 2, Okay. And then when it went to PlayStation 3, and, and I never had an original Xbox, when it came to PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, I waited a long time to kind of like weigh the options and see which one was, you know, let, let it kind of ride out and then let the prices go down. And then I went Xbox 360 yeah. and just bought a Blu-ray player when they got less than $100. <laughs> and then it was like, that mm. that kind of clinched it for me. Yeah, so... But I don't know if I'm going to go back to PlayStation with this. I'm kind of going to, I think I'm still in the wait and see mode. See what Xbox does. See what, you know, see what it looks like when it actually comes out, how much it's going to cost. I haven't really decided yet. There has been a, uh, have, have been a couple PlayStation 3 exclusive games that kind of made me go, oh, I kind of wish I had one of those. I wish I could play that. But there hasn't been a ton of them. Yeah. I mean, even like that last Final Fantasy you know, which for a while was PlayStation exclusive. The Final Fantasy games were uh, the last ones came out on Xbox as well, too. So that that was kind of a, that would have been kind of a deal breaker for me. Uh, but you know, I, right. I already have an Xbox, so it didn't matter. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. Yeah, I mean, there's only been a few for me on the PS3, and I can't convince Aridin to buy. Like, I, I always wanted to check out the Uncharted series, and he has no interest in it. So yeah, I, I, that's I, the one. That's the one that I was really into too. And I was, I was thinking when we were at PAX this year that the new Tomb Raider was a PlayStation exclusive because that's what they had it set up on. Right. Uh, all those demos, but I found out that's also going to be on Xbox. Oh yeah, yeah, it's going to yeah. be everywhere. So. So so I'm like, oh well, that was I was going to buy one just for, you know I was thinking about buying one for that because they are getting so affordable now uh and this was before the announcement of the next one and but now it's like well now i'll just wait yeah. I, can, I can buy that on xbox 360 and play it or, or you know or rent it or what have you and then uh and then i'll just wait, wait and see yeah i am excited about the oscars though. you're always excited about excited the oscars about this is the first year i didn't do a poll on the forums i've been I so busy what is with wrong work. with you <laughs> uh, it, listen, they've been riding me like a dog at this post office thing because they're closing. Uh, everybody that was eligible for retirement retired. Everyone that was eligible to transfer transferred. Uh, I knew I was getting laid off, but they are relying on me essentially to process, me and a couple of my coworkers, to process all of the mail. That's awesome. You, well, it's nice, but no matter how hard I work, I'm still going to get laid off. No, I'm saying that's awesome. You trust the people that you're basically you're letting, go. Like, letting go to deal with all your important stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just the mail. Makes I mean, no I'm processing important. this mail into the garbage can. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> oh, we've talked about it. And there's been nights, too, where we've been there, and it's like the, the, the running joke is uh, – yeah, we're just going to take like an hour and a half for lunch. What are they going to do? Fire up? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That makes no sense. Nice. <laughs> Hello? Yep. So, yeah, you're here. <laughs> yeah. We, we take we take long lunches. We, we, we cut out early. Sorry, <laughs> Skype's being weird. It is. You're cutting in and out. So what about your predictions? What are yours? Um. Okay, I have the page up here still. Uh, <laughs> I there wasn't there's like an iOS app that I have on my uh, on my iPad that you could go on and make predictions and it shared to Facebook and everything, hmm. uh, but I don't have my iPad near me here, so I'd have to go. I'm not gonna go up and get it. But I actually saw a lot of these movies this year because I made it. I made it. I always make a point to try to see some of these. Right. I didn't see Les Mis, but I've seen the play before, so that kind of counts, right? I just like all right, it was Les Mis, but those people were in it. Uh, my pick for best picture, just because I know it's not going to win, but I want it to, is Django Unchained. Oh, okay. I just love the hell out of that movie. Nice. <laughs> that, that's the one I want to win. It's probably going to be Lincoln or Zero Dark Thirty. Okay. Although, yeah. Um, but I think it would be. I think it would be awesome if Django won. Really, you think it was that good? Did you see it? No, no I didn't see it, and I. There's a lot of people whose opinions I, high, I highly value, and they weren't as impressed with it. Really? I yeah, I mean, nothing they, but good stuff. They thought it was good, but they didn't think it was like, oh my god, that thing was that film was amazing. Hmm. Well, yeah, he's kind of gone down this path with his last two movies, with this one, and then the Inglorious Bastards that have gotten kind of splatter, gory, festish. Yeah. That it, it's a departure for him from his older style, but at the same time, it's just, it's Quentin, so, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> it's, yeah. just, it's still really awesome. Um, I, I think I actually like this more than I liked Inglourious Bastards. It was pretty cool. That's good. Nice. Okay. Right. Very so that's cool. Uh, what about, what about uh, the other ones? Oh, best picture. Um, 
I'm thinking it's probably going to be Spielberg. Um, I'm surprised that the director, director for um, Zero Dark Thirty, I think it was Catherine Bigelow. Yeah. 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 Uh, but she won a couple years ago with for that other Iraqi Hurt war Locker. movie. Yeah. The, yeah, The Hurt Locker. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, but like Spielberg hasn't won before either. Right. I mean, he maybe did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he might be due one or two. Yeah. You guys didn't see Beasts of the Southern Wild? Did no. not. Oh, that's a really cool movie. You should totally check that out. Right. Yeah, that's what I heard. But uh, yeah, it's very it's very crazy and stylized, and the main character is this little kid, and it's set in like the Louisiana backwater bayou kind of area, and I think it kind of goes. It's like it has a lot to do with like Hurricane Katrina and like being cut off from um, like everything, and like these people that just have to kind of survive on their own kind of thing, and. And then it has that fantastical thing you guys were talking about with, like, these crazy creatures. But you, right. you don't really know if it's just in the kid's head or it really if it's a, a real thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very cool. cool. Yeah. No, I definitely want to see it after finally finding out what it was about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, best actor is really up in the air, too. Like, you just said that Daniel Day-Lewis is probably a lock. Joaquin Phoenix and the Master was pretty crazy. I, I saw that movie, and I still... I don't know what to think about it. That movie was such a like crazy like art piece movie that you're just like, it's been months, and I'm still kind of just sitting there and being like, did I like that? Was that good? What happened? <laughs> what's going on in that movie? You're still trying to figure it out. On. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Very, it's a very odd movie, but the performances in it, um, with you know Joaquin Phoenix and Philip Seymour Hoffman's up for that one, and. Um, uh, supporting actors, Amy Adams is up for that right. too. For right. from that movie, all the people in that movie were so like intense and so great. But it's like I, I could sit here for half an hour and try to tell you what the movie is about, and I still wouldn't get. You know, I could still be wrong. <laughs> I don't even know what the movie was about. It's about the, these people <laughs> or something. <laughs> you just have to see it. Nice. It's so, we like movies it's about people so crazy. <laughs> and, and hobbits. Yeah, and, and hobbits. hobbits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. I'm excited. I do have to go to work at like 11, so I don't know if uh, I'm going to get... Uh, hopefully, there'll be one of those years where they like rush people off the stage. Yeah, kick them off and, quick. So I'll be able to see the whole thing, because I think it starts at like 7 here, so hopefully it'll only be like four hours and I can see it before I have to go to work. Right. <laughs> nice. All right. Well... That's all right. I'll, I'll only miss Best Picture. That's only a little... Yeah. That. That's not yeah. that important. Yeah. Yeah, you can catch it. I'm, the I'm next sure I'll be able to find it out on the internet. Or right, something. right. Yeah, you'll you'll be informed one way or another. Exactly. So, all or right. I could just go late. What are they going to do? Fire me? That's right. <laughs> That's right. What are they going to do? Show them who's boss. <laughs> Burn their mail in front of their eyes. Uh, that I would go to jail for that. Yeah. That's probably true. So <laughs> definitely true. <laughs> don't listen to that advice. <laughs> all right, we're gonna kick you off. Thank you for the call. Bye, Barry. Poof. All right. So this is winding us down to the end of the first ever Casually Hardcore that was done from not Gnome's house. And with no music. And no music. And with no other people. That's good. I like, it was brought up in IRC. I think Barry brought it up that we were doing it NPR style. Yeah, except less professional, but yes. Very much so. <laughs> We just have we have to lower our voices though to get down. Oh, the that's you have to right. Be in the, you do the soft tone, smooth, and a little more. Um, not so many highs and lows. They're right. very, they're very they're smooth, even very keel. monotone. Right. Yes, absolutely. Great. I can't do that. No, that would not work for us at all, unfortunately. 
So let me uh, go through the stuff. Go through the stuff while I get back to that page on my <laughs> on Gnome's computer. We got to thank all the volunteers. We thank our research team. We thank all the people that helped to make this uh, show and all the shows possible. You can find us on Facebook and apparently Google Plus. I didn't even know we had a Google <laughs> Plus. Go figure. <laughs> Under casually hardcore. Uh, <laughs> You do, uh, Dexa tends to do more stuff, obviously, with the Facebook page than she does with Google Plus since yeah, she didn't know it existed. I haven't even touched You haven't touched in a while. it? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. What the hell? Sorry. Follow us on Twitter, another area you're very active on. <laughs> Shut it. Uh, you can follow us at Alpha Geek Radio, at Gnomewise, at Izzy Grail, at DexaCH, at Gwenora. I'm not sure who that person is, though. I don't know. Do we know that guy? I don't know. I don't think so. And then at Iolite underscore CH. Uh, you can email the show at alphageekradio.com. Uh, we have sister feeds on Alpha Geek Radio as well as inf- interviews. Uh, mm-hmm. Any of the interviews that we do or con reports tend to go on those feeds. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find us, of course, on iTunes. Sponsor a segment. Exactly. If you have something that you're interested in, letting the world Nay, the universe, no. You can give us a little bit of money, and we'll say whatever you want. <laughs> and you get to pick who gets to say and it, you get which to pick is awesome. who gets to say it and in what voice they will say it in. What? <laughs> How cool is that? You can listen to us on Stitcher Radio. Uh, if you're buying things from Amazon, and we know everybody buys stuff from Amazon, That's if right. you start your search from our website... That helps us out a lot because we get a little bit of kickback. It's no extra charge for you and uh, helps support all the shows on uh, BTW as well as Alpha Geek, which we all are very happy about. Uh, feel free to, speaking about iTunes, feel free to rate us on iTunes. And uh, we appreciate any feedback. There was a good feedback uh, form post put on by GoHex, uh, which was really um Informative. It was good. It was no. It was a good post. It was feedback for uh, the show. And I think he's trying to do that for all the shows on on the VTW network, which is good. I mean, we always positive or negative. We're interested in your feedback because we do want to get better. Uh, coming up next is the Emperor. He gives you your three hour break, as Gnome would say, from internet porn. Though I'm sh- have confidence in our listeners that they can both listen and browse porn at the same time. I'm pretty sure they multitask. That's what I, I would do it. So, (laughs) oh man, let me uh, queue up Emperor and see, make sure he's ready to go. Do you have any other last thoughts for our listening population? I do not. All right. Well, in that case, you have been listening to Casually Hardcore. I have been Grail. And I've been. That sounded like you were going to say I've been gnomewise. I've been no gnomewise has been here in spirit. Exactly. So we will play off our uh, show, and we are out of here. Out of here. Bye-bye,